0: Welcome back to series five of the podcast. This is a short collection of interviews that I had with people during the first lockdown with a focus and emphasis on attention, intention and distraction. Hope you enjoy them. Cody and Mark, thank you very much indeed for agreeing to take some time out to come on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to spend some time with you both. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, excited to get together. Last time we saw each other was actually in my apartment here. I think, Mark in in Toronto. Yeah,
1: Yeah, man, crazy time. I still remember that, and I still remember uh, just how nice you were, and and uh, and your 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 wife too, or your fiance. Um, Yeah, man, it was great. I hope you guys are doing well.
2: We are, mate. Thanks for having us on, Jeff.
0: You're welcome, Mark. I can already feel double the energy. Uh, With with both in the room, Um, okay. So the first thing I really want to explore with you, given where we are right now and and some of the things that are happening, is what's been going on in terms of your own balance. And I know you're both, you know, hugely self-aware in terms of the types of things that, that give you energy and where you choose to, you know, focus some of your time. But what's been happening in terms of your balance?
1: Or do you go
2: for it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been so interesting, hasn't it? You know, Jeff, you and I have talked about this a lot uh, in terms of your idea around like perfect imbalance and, and what that was in the the very busy world, and then now we're seeing w- once you take away that you know rat race nine to five, and, and now what that looks like. Uh, I think it's been really fascinating. This is the, the most fascinating study of human behavior. Like if you're in this world and, and you study it full time, you couldn't have asked for a better way to study human beings. And, uh, you know, it, I think it's been a really interesting way for people to find out about balance and, and what it really is and how to protect time for family, protect time for friends, protect time for work be okay with not being as productive you know when when you know the, the corporate bosses say that you have to be productive and and you know really kind of finding yourself and uh, and how you work and 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 how you feel optimized and all the different facets that that play a part in that and and so for me you know my big thing was just really trying to find a nice groove with, with my wife. Like we're both working from home. Uh, we're in a one bedroom apartment in downtown Toronto and, and, you know, there are things that we need to navigate. So in terms of balance is we've tried to find that for ourselves. How do we continue our amazing relationship whilst we're literally in each other's pockets for you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so, you know, we, we really focused and talked a lot about that and, and had those conversations up front. It's like, what do you need? What do you need to work well, you know, when you need to do your work? And then how do we get out of this environment and go for a walk and be able to talk about something else? Uh, so that's where my mind has gone.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah, I love that, Cody. And I love what you said about it's like such an interesting human study. And the way that I think about it is kind of feel like we've all just been plunged into this experiment. And uh, I know for myself, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine last week, and I was telling her that, like, I just, I felt so unbalanced. And now kind of this week, I'm feeling more balanced. And so firstly, for me, I'm seeing, uh, just learning a lot about myself, learning a lot about um my own degree of self-awareness, you know, kind of seeing these, uh, these waves and these tides come of balance and then unbalanced because, you know, maybe I started to neglect something that I, that helped me balance a lot because of this kind of new environment that we're in. And I know for me um, and for a lot of us, you know, we don't live independent lives. You know, our lives are always interacting with the lives of others that create these new environments. And those environments are, you know, really what helped a lot of us thrive, whether it's at work or at an event or you're just doing your thing. Uh, That piece for me has definitely been unbalancing. And I guess I'm just, the way that I'm trying to balance that now is trying to do anything that I can to achieve, kind of cross off that bucket virtually online. And then also, I don't know, I feel like I've just kind of accepted like however long this lasts for, whether it's for a month and a half more or for the rest of the year, I'm just like in this experiment, (laughs) in my house, living with my family. Um, So yeah, definitely a lot of ups and downs and definitely many waves of feeling balanced and then feeling unbalanced and then trying to adjust my behavior. But I feel like every time that happens, I just kind of get more refined and I figure out how better to deal with myself, if that makes sense. And also help other people who are feeling the same way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love the idea really of seeing it as an experiment and you know, it, it's like, there's a huge light being shone upon the whole of humanity right now. And we're seeing, we're seeing some really good things happening and we, we're, we're, it's probably amplifying some of the, the the really bad things as well. But within that, we're part of this experiment ourselves. And, you know, I like what you said there, Cody, about finding the groove um, and being aware of what's happening, you know, on a daily basis or an even hourly basis and, and, and where that balance might be because there is no right or wrong. It's just being able to kind of roll with it and then get up the next day and, and, and go again. I'd be fascinated to understand within this this period as well, what is getting your attention? So, you know, we are involved in this experiment or we know it's going to be a little bit longer. We don't quite know when that's going to be. But what's getting your attention? What are you able to kind of, you know, focus on during this period?
2: You go, Because I, okay. I know you, I know you can see your mind racing on this one.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it, you know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, at first when this was kind of happening, there's definitely like a, a part of my brain and there still is a part of my brain that's like, yo, what's happening in the world? Like how many people are dying <laughs> and this, 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 and that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, Part of it is is very fear based, but the other part of it is um, very rational. You know, like my sister, she um, her husband is uh, a chief resident at this hospital in New York City, and so she had to leave and come stay with me and her seven month year old niece. And so, you know, at least in terms of America on the Northeast, like I live in a state where it's the top out of the entire world. Um, And so that also reminds me though, I remember I interviewed uh, the founder of Bulletproof, Dave Asprey. And he told me that uh, like the way that our brains grew, there's a part of our brain that is always trying to watch for bad news and specifically look at any kind of threats that could damage humanity. And we literally have a part of our brain that encourages us to talk more about those things with other people, because that's the only way that information got out. Uh, and so with that being said, um, now what I'm just trying to focus on is really the future of this world, the future both by, in terms of leadership, in terms of sort of the, uh, the, the veil of leadership that's been removed. Um, and then also like, how is this gonna impact Uh, People working, how is this going to impact people's mental health? That's probably the major thing that I'm looking at. Um, But then also technology and like, how is technology going to move forward in a way that is going to be a much, much, much bigger part of our lives than ever before? Uh, Because I know like what happened is like, I could definitely have never foreseen this coming, even though I had a lot of smart people tell me in like early March that places were going to shut down. Um, So this is just really telling me like, whoa, nobody has any idea really what's going on. And the fact that you could still be making the right decisions, but for one purpose or another that may be totally out of your hands, you may have to switch, totally switch course. You may have to totally switch positions. So I'm kind of just more attentive on what's going on in the world. What are future trends that I can uh be a sort of leader and be a part of the conversation in but then also when it comes to um you know my own personal life it's really like uh like put a mirror under myself and ask me like you know hey mark who are you without the external validation (laughs) you know hey mark who are you without people saying you're awesome and this this and that so yeah it's definitely been super super interesting for sure um, definitely something that I'm trying to have as many conversations with about people because, um, you know, we we figure these things out with conversations. So
0: yeah, I love that.
2: We do, don't we? Where my mind has been going on this, uh, what really grabs my attention quite early on is mm-hmm. just how many broken systems we've been putting up with, mm-hmm. and how that is then feeding into a lot of what we're dealing with and so you know you can look at you can look at a whole range of things leadership political systems you know uh, the the corporate system the stock market the economic system the you know the, the list is as long as your arm and, and yeah what really grabbed my attention was most of it's made up and could have been torn down and rebuilt for a better you know, more fit for purpose a lot earlier, but for whatever reasons, we've existed with a lot of them, and now we're paying the price for that inaction. And, and you know, Mark and I have jammed about this for, for a long time and just talked about the, the way systems work. And, mm. and I, yeah, I think it's been thrown back in our face, and it's going to be a really interesting time talking of the study of humanity of like what what now happens to those systems. So a really simple one with, you know, this week, Facebook and and Shopify coming out and talking about being, you know, remote first organizations and what that does. And Mm -hmm. once you start to pull on that thread, what you realize is how precarious things like cities are. And we've, we've just gone through a period of mass urbanization and the shutting down of a lot of smaller towns so that people could move into town to be closer to the work. So I didn't have to commute and because the work was going there anyway but then once you pull in that thread you realize well if the work's no longer there what happens to those cities why are people why am I stacked in amongst you know 30 floors of other people living here when I, I could be you know out by the one of the many lakes in Canada uh, enjoying the sunshine there but then you start to think okay well what are the systems that have to flow along with that you need fire brigades you need hospitals you need, and so you start to think through this mass redistribution of resources that we're about to go into. So uh, I, I know this is, it can kind of get pretty you know existential really quickly when you start to, to think about that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I've just been stewing on what future systems look like. I'm not a systems thinker. I'm a, a, a humanist and a realist. Uh, and I believe in, in humanity, but we do set ourselves up with systems and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond and whether we do just go back to the crap that we had before, because that's what we've known or whether we have brave leaders stand up and say, no, I'm going to change this. And to to Mark's point is like, I'm happy to be one of those. I want to be one of those. I've, I'll happily put my voice in there and say, I've got an idea here. Here's how I think this should work. We can do better.
1: Wow. And Cody, what uh, what system, and like in specific or two, that you feel like you're really trying to potentially become like a, a leader, or ha- at least have some contribution or voice into?
2: I mean, the obvious one is is and you can call it a system is like leadership and, and what it looks like and and how. You know, right now the the spotlight is very much on politicians, um, and so you can kind of look at that. Uh, the political system, how leaders get into positions of, of power, how they deal with that power, that those power dynamics, but then also just leadership in general. I, I, I'd i love to see a return to community leadership, you know, kind of like it feels a little bit ye oldie world, but you know, when, when, when police officers and doctors and, and firemen and priests and, and all these you know, kind of glue positions within a community were, we're really held in, in high regard and were genuine leaders. Um, you know, again, if you follow that narrative of, let's say, small towns come back and, and people go and, and form communities, is you're going to need those, those positions of leadership and, and trust to come back where, you know, we've spent probably the last 50 or 60 years not trusting those people and not holding them accountable. So that's the one that, that I stew on the most, but yeah, I mean, geez, the economy would be one that I'd, I'd love to yeah. fix if I had, if I had any sort of sway, but that's, that's a whole different beast.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's fascinating it's that you've, you've, you've both touched on leadership um, and, and it is being questioned right now. And, and it ought to be questioned right now with, without necessarily knowing what, what it ought to look like going forward other than some of the things that you've you've both started to allude to there around around community around you know the glue and pulling people together um and almost having the the right people in leadership rather than some of those people that have gravitated into leadership for 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 whatever reason um interesting that you you we're still picking up this thread or this theme that some people want to return back to normal albeit if they were to stop and pause for a moment they'd realize that actually that normal wasn't serving them particularly well in, in in many aspects of their life so i think we find ourselves in a in an unusual unclear space but what i think that does is it allows us to you know to to stew on things or or to you know have some different conversations with some different people to start to shape what it what it could look like and you know again you can see lots of people are are working really well away from their workplace it's not ideal necessarily but it's challenging some of those systems that that we've been fed from previous generations of how it ought to be and we've had this noise in the background or come into the foreground primarily from maybe some of the millennial generation saying it doesn't have to be like that anymore and I think we're in that space now where we can start to shape some of those things and potentially give it a lot more of the attention that, that it needs uh, going into, into the future. As well as where your attention's going, guys, I'm, I'm really keen to understand w- what are you able to be intentional about or with that, where, where are you allowing yourself to be distracted? And, and just to give it a little bit more there, I think sometimes we see distractions as a negative. Um, where and it's one of those things it's a bit like hr really um or, or politics it's got it's got a bad press but actually you know if we allow ourselves to be distracted by some things outside of our normal working pattern or a normal day actually there's real value uh, in allowing ourselves to be distracted not not necessarily to the degree where we're spending age you know an absolute age during the day looking at, at laptops or phones or you know devices but almost being intentional in terms of where our distractions going. So what are you allowing yourself to be distracted by or or where are you able to kind of, you know, push forward some of your intent during this period of time?
2: For me, it's a great, like I've been, and this is kind of weird, but on the the distraction is uh, I'm trying to learn how to be bored again. (laughs) Um, because I, I I, and I'm happy to say that because I see the power in it and it's kind of a, a bit of a return to the childhood mentality of you know sometimes you just had a stick and you were outside but you were able to create this magical world of the stick and it became a character and it might have become two characters or three characters and and you know one had a leaf as the, as a hat and the other one had a you know a bottle cap from a coca-cola or whatever and and I think there's so much value in it. And this has given us an opportunity to learn how to be bored again and just be still and in thought. And Jeff, last time you and I spoke, I talked about just being happy to stare out the window yeah, and just be in thought and be, be in your thoughts. And it's kind of refreshing to be honest with you, because we, we've, you know, we've just been in, in that rat race I talked about earlier for so long. And we we forgot how to be bored. We're entertained all the time, and a lot of people just were were so proud of how much Netflix they were watching at the start of this. And I don't know. Like, don't get me wrong. That's if you want to do that, that's fine. Each to their own. But I think people are missing a real big opportunity to to be bored and learn and sit in their thoughts and question themselves. Like Mark was talking about earlier and, and, and find themselves. And why do I think this? And, you know, question yourself and, you know, why am I scared? And and, is that rational? Can I overcome it? And you kind of need to get into that boredom state a little bit and just sit and stare out at the river or the lake or the horizon or the clouds or the buildings or whatever it is. So, Uh, as much as that's not kind of technically a distraction, but that's where my mind's gone is just kind of trying to be in the state of nothingness and and ultimate boredom rather than sit in front of a screen. And, you you know, I I would encourage others to try it because I I actually see it as valuable.
0: I love the simplicity of that.
1: Yeah. Staring out a window. Damn, I learned something new today. <laughs> um, you know, I think for me, the, the main way that I think about this comes from this book that I read called uh, Indistractable by Nir Ayel. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. And uh, the way that he talks about it is like something is only a distraction to you if it takes away from you doing an action or a habit. That is traction that moves you forward in it. But the thing to realize too is that life is not just about one goal, it's not just about one arena of life, it's about a wide variety. And so, you know, you stereotypically working for five hours is fine. But if you go on a walk or stare outside at the window or pick up your guitar and start jamming out, you pull up your phone and you FaceTime a friend. Um, I, I wouldn't even label those as distractions because obviously as long as like, you're not doing that all day, you're still moving forward in, in your goals as a human being, not just in a very singular way. Um, but with that being said, you know, honestly, I think the main thing is, uh, is yeah, it's what you said. And the way that I think about it too, is, uh, I think about it in terms of like, uh, like flow states in terms of like, when I wake up in the morning. And let's say I'm able to get in that flow of writing for like 30 minutes, 60 minutes. That's a time where my brain just like not shuts off, but it goes into a different mode. When I'm exercising, like physically I go for one, that's the time where my brain is in a different mode. Uh, when I meditate, that's the time where my brain is in a different mode. When I'm on a, a great conversation and I'm just in the present moment, my brain switches to a different mode. And so for me, especially the fact that it's a little bit troublesome trying to switch different external environments. I think that comes the importance of trying to change your internal environment, and ideally, you could do that in some sort of a healthy way. Uh, because I feel like a lot of people are trying to do that in in you know trying to abuse it, whether it's Netflix, whether it's alcohol. People are trying to switch off their brain any way shape or form and the reality is is you need to shut off your brain if you don't shut off your brain for some part of the day you're gonna go crazy and I know for me like sometimes I will catch myself like literally opening my phone and going to the to my spark email app closing out of it, going to my Gmail app, checking the same email account, closing out of it, going to my web browser and then going on, G- like it's some crazy cycle. Um, it's called uh, the feedback loop from hell. So sometimes I'll just realize myself doing that. I won't even know. And then I'll literally just like throw my phone down. I'll just like go outside and just won't look at my phone for like two hours. So like sometimes you just, that's what happens when you, you're not balanced enough. That's what happens when your, your attention is all over the place. And I know honestly, the reality is what I've learned is that, um, you know, I, I have so many friends that work at uh, Google and YouTube and all these other startups that are coming out with the craziest technologies. And I've, I've like tried some of the craziest technologies I've ever seen in my life, like mixed reality, where like you're talking about um, instead of you looking at your screen, you take these digital elements out of the screen and you wear glasses and you see them in your real life. When and like we're and especially like with quarantine, we're starting to talk about like virtual reality. The reality is that we are going to be living in the world where the technology is going to be so good that if you don't know exactly what it is you're doing, you're literally going to get sucked up like a cog in like what I call the, the dark digital vortex. And that is just starting now, that is just starting now, like it hasn't even started yet, really. But with something like an event like this going on that's going to make the development and advancement for it even further. So then that brings up of like, if someone has a strong mind, they have learned how they work. They're in that process of self-awareness. They can use these tools to achieve more than most people or 500 people will do at the same time. But the average person who doesn't,
2: they're
1: going to get sucked out. Like that's the reality of like what I'm seeing. And so I think that's just brought in the importance of um, having strong, like psychological resilience, always training your mind as like a muscle. So that's what I've really been focusing on when it comes to distraction, traction, because it's very hard, especially now. And it's just going to get harder.
0: Wow. It's got me worried about what's coming along in terms of technology. Um, I've got one final thing that I want to explore with you both, because at the outset of this, there was, there was a lot of, there's a lot of noise and a lot of suggestion from from people that if we don't come out of this period of time, however long it's going to be, having learned a language uh, or, you know, taken up that musical instrument that we haven't played for probably 15 years or read all those books on the bookshelf that we keep buying, then we've wasted this opportunity. And you know, I think some people have naturally gravitated to the likes of Netflix and, and those types of things that helps their brain switch off, maybe not realizing the impact of that. But rather than, you know, come up with something crazy uh, during this time, what, what I'm asking each of my guests is if you could spend 1% of your day. So if you could spend 14.4 minutes of your day doing something that over the next month or the next month and a half, three months, however long it might be, it would add something and some value to your life. What would that be?
2: Such a good question. And it it leaps off the page at you because it's 14.4 minutes as well. Um, (laughs) Where my mind goes on this is just... I would be of service to other leaders for 14.4 minutes and it's probably not the answer that a lot of people would, uh, would give, but it's how much I believe in and it. It's, it's what I've been doing anyways. I've had, you know, two, three, four conversations daily with other leaders and, and trying to help them along and, and, it's funny because it's the same impact as, you know, the snowball effect of training for a marathon or learning a new skill or learning guitar is, is you do get that compound interest and that, you know, those conversations uh, serving others comes back, you know, there's, there's a, a karmic element to it. And really, if I were to think back of what I've been doing for the last five years and, and my book and my podcast and, and coaching and all these different things, it's just been just trying to help others the best I can and, and and be a leader and, and, you know, clear a path for them. And so that that's what I would say. If I only had, if I had to limit it to 14.4 minutes per day, I would still do it. And I would use all of it on other people and, and being of service and what I've truly learned through this about leadership is that it's fucking hard and it doesn't matter what position you're in, whether you're a parent, whether you're a single parent, whether you're a politician, whether you're a CEO, whether you're a coach, it's hard and everyone is struggling with it. And if people tell you that they're fine during this time as a leader, they're probably not. And they're, they're lying. They're lying to themselves and they're lying to you and so you know we, but again we don't have a system to take care of leaders we just we put them up on the pedestal and say uh, well we pay you to not have to worry about your emotions and your health and your your care and, and you're supposed to look after others so there's no system to support them so i'm trying to be of service to, to leaders and say i'll help you and and i can hopefully either take something away that you're struggling with or, or lend a sympathetic ear or just listen, or, you know, talk about my own struggles with, with leadership and, and the challenges that come along with it. And, and, and so that would be my answer. If, if I only had, or if I could do one thing for 14 and a half minutes and then I had to go away and do something else, it would just be to, to serve others intentionally you know, in positions of leadership in particular. Cause that's where I think I can have the, the, the biggest benefit.
1: I love it, Cody. Wow. I love what you said about we don't have a system for taking care of leaders. We just expect them to go up there and then My make time. the decisions for, for everyone yeah. else. Um, and, I, and I don't. I obviously, I don't mean to say this is like any kind of disrespect to the people out there, but here in America, whenever I do switch on the TV and I hear from like our national health leaders and people like that. Again, I don't mean this to be disrespectful. Their job is extremely hard, but they honestly look like they need the most help. Like you can just see it on their face. Um, yeah. So I absolutely love that. and I think that would help a lot of other systems in our society. Um, you know, honestly for me, well, Jeff, you know, first off, I liked how you kind of positioned this question. And, um, you know, I think that's a big, as much as everyone kind of needs to use this time to, whether, whether it's be bored, learn more about themselves, maybe learn something new. Um, I know at the beginning of this, there was just a lot of pressure of like, you know, you're at home, it's time for you to like learn this new skill, new language. I feel like a big part of that is because we have equated most of us, we've equated being at home as like you taking time off or like you relaxing when in reality now that's like our only environment. And so there, again, you really, someone needs to really learn how they can almost regulate themselves because we're in this new environment. And so a lot of us just have these, uh, false misconceptions of like, I got to do this, got to do that. But then it's like, you know, you have other responsibilities on top of that. And I know for me, if anything, I feel like I've been busier ever since this has, uh, ever since this has unfolded. So that's been pretty weird. But, um, if I could do anything for 14.4 minutes, you said, yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Um, You know, I would honestly, like, again, um, I think a lot of people now are missing a lot of external validation that they used to get in other ways before. Some of that is good. Some of it is not so good. And so for me, I think the biggest thing that I'm trying to figure out is how do I not necessarily rely on that external validation, even though it is important, but how do I just triple down on my own Ah, uh, brain, heart, and kind of soul's internal validation instead, so that I'm not reliant on the external validation. And so, there's a lot of different ways that you could go with that. But um, you know, I people, I talk a lot about um, like meditation, which is a very complex word, but like literally sitting down, closing your eyes for 14.4 minutes a lot of people view it as a waste of time, like you're doing nothing. And that's because you are doing nothing. But in reality, it's just totally reprogramming the way that your brain operates, even when you're outside of those 14 minutes for the rest of the day. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say.
0: I love it. I love both your answers. And they provoke a lot of thought in my mind, which which, which is wonderful, because that that's what I'm looking for. I'm I'm learning. I'm, I'm curious and I want to keep connection going where we're in a different space right now where we can't, you know, physically be in the same space with, with other people. Mark and Cody, it's been an absolute pleasure to spend a little bit of time with you and hear some of the things that are getting your attention uh, or where your focus and your energy is going right now. Thank you both very much indeed for agreeing to come on the show and I wish you both the very best. Going forward,
2: thanks, Jeff. You thanks, did well man. to keep this so short. We could have done this for three hours rather than 30 minutes. So,
1: yeah, man, you're <laughs> a great you. host. Keep it up. <laughs>